Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Welcome, my beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I am actually here. Would you believe it? After a week and a half, and I'm wearing a coat because it's, could you, how could it be cold in Texas? I, I don't understand that at all. But I, I tell you, you are so dear uh, for your prayers and all. In a week and a half, I'm going to tell you the, the order of events. In one and a half weeks, I had strep throat followed by an accident which caused two broken ribs followed by uh, losing a tooth, it totally broke off, followed by a stomach virus, and here I am today, all in a week and a half. So I tell you, I don't get old, the body just keeps falling apart. As far as the two broken ribs, um, that was um, an accident, but a very uh, surprising abnormal situations so god knows he knows what the situations are but hang on beloved i'm here and want to continue to be here i don't plan to be absent ever and i don't anticipate anything else happening that should keep me away from mother mary of live so and you know, we come into the city, we have to come into Tyler to do the program. I think you know those beautiful crosses behind me are at Monica's house, across from St. Joseph the Worker Church, um, where we go to Holy Mass every day, Latin Parish, very, very beautiful, because um, we're out in the country and we have no internet, but um, they are currently installing fiber optics, which they think we should have by the end of this month. So if that's the case, um, we'll be able to do it from our two new mobile homes in the country, and um, it'll it'll be a, a, a different timing situation for us. We'll still be on the same time, but it'll be easy for us. Um, if anything happens and I can't make it in, I can, I can come to you from home. So I love you all. I bless God for you. I thank you for your prayers, and I wish you a happy new year. Happy, happy New Year. Say, Mother, it's not January. That's right. It's Advent. It is the beginning of the liturgical year, beginning with the first Sunday of Advent. This past Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent. And we are in an Advent season, which for Catholics, and should be for the whole world, because the whole world should be Catholic, um, a mini Lent. It's a time of penance, not as strict as Lent, but it's a, it should be a time of penance, of giving some things up, of waiting for the Lord, straightening out our lives, going to confession, and an increased time of prayer. It should not, dear ones, be a time where we um, feed the commercial world that gets 25% of its sales, annual sales at Christmas. In fact... The store should be empty. From, from the first day of Advent on, there should be none of us. It's not a sin to shop, but if we truly lived our faith and planned ahead, we would not be in the stores shopping during all of Advent. We would not be. We would have everything done before 
or we could do it Christmas week. In in our uh, community, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, we do not, um, we receive mail during Advent, but it's not given to the sisters. Um, whatever personal mail they receive is kept for them and put on their, in their cells uh, on, on Christmas morning. And the same thing for Lent, Easter morning. And then we spend the week of Easter, the week of Christmas, uh, sending out Christmas cards or gifts to people and all of that. We really, really keep Advent. It's a time of penance for us, some fasting, increased prayer, and um, truly waiting for not just the first coming of our Lord, uh, reliving that magnificent, miraculous experience, but waiting for his second coming, which is also what... Um, Advent is about. If you go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, we put a message up there for the first Sunday in Lent, or rather, first Sunday in Advent, and it's titled not the first Sunday in Advent, but the first warning in Advent, because it's the warning of our Lord's second coming, and we must be ready. Excuse me a moment. So, we are also... Um, putting together, beginning to put together our very first newsletter since our move to Tyler, Texas. Um, we're going to try to get it out before Christmas for sure. I don't know if you'll receive it before Christmas, but for us, Christmas begins Christmas Eve, December 24th, and it ends traditionally at the Feast of Candlemas, which is the presentation of our Lord in the temporal February 2nd. That is traditional. And that's what we keep. So if we kept that for the world, my dream would be that all the lights would be in place, all the trees would be in place, in the home, in the yards, all of that, manger scenes, and all, everything connected. But that nothing would be plugged in and the baby not put in the manger until Christmas Eve. Could you imagine if that happened, beloved? Could you imagine on Christmas Eve the world lighting up? Because if Christians lived this way, the whole world would light up on Christmas Eve and people would say, well, what just happened? What just happened? What just happened? What just happened? All over the place, in parks, in homes, in churches, all over the place. Well, what was that? What, what happened? And we'd say the light of the world has come and it would give the true Christmas message. For now... If we're Catholic or any form of Christian um, or, or atheist who celebrates Christmas in whatever way they do, uh, secular or otherwise, uh, from Halloween on, everybody's lit up and putting up decorations, certainly from Thanksgiving on. Hold on. I just have to get, take moments to breathe. Hold on. Um, if you've ever had a broken rib, you you understand. It's hard to talk a long time. Um, anyway, uh, people expect that. And if you're a Catholic home, and they're going to say, well, what's with you? What, don't you love God? Don't you want to give a message to the world that it's Christmas? And the fact is we do, which is why we don't light anything up before Christmas Eve, because he hasn't, the light of the world hasn't come yet until Christmas Eve. It's Advent. We are waiting for his coming. And I know the world may not get it right. At least the first year we did this, it doesn't matter what they get. 
What matters is what we live. And if our houses are dark until Christmas Eve and we come home and light up the tree um, and uh, put the lights on in our yards or whatever we want to do and go to Mass and we have our lights on until February 2nd, uh, presentation of the Lord, people will say to us, you know, Christmas is over. And we'll say, no, it's not. No, it's not. We're not lazy. We're not taking down our lights because we're lazy. It's still Christmas tide, one word. Christmas tide goes from uh, uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, right through to February 2nd. The presentation of our Lord in the temple and candle mass and the purification of the Blessed Virgin. Three feasts in one. So, um, I mentioned our newsletter, Day Ones. i got to catch you up because we haven't been on for a week, over a week with you. And, of course, Thanksgiving came in between that. Um, but I mentioned we're putting our first newsletter together. And I think normally our loose newsletters are anywhere from 12 the very most we've ever done is 16 pages. I think this is going to be 30 pages. Um, it's going to cut through all the confusion of our day. Um, we have had uh, since not just Vatican II, but even before that, the faith being watered down, the faith being changed, and in our day, the faith being all but destroyed. It cannot be destroyed because our Lord is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He has promised to lead it into all truth till the end of time. He will do that. Nothing will ever change that. But the um, uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen once said that there's not a hundred people that hate the Catholic Church, but millions who hate what they mistakenly believe the Catholic Church teaches. And so... We now not only have millions of people outside the Catholic Church who mistakenly hate what the Church teaches, now we have millions, I would say, not just hundreds, but millions within the Catholic Church who mistakenly hate what the Church teaches, especially her prelates, her bishops, number one, who are defecting left and right and uh, a magisterium in the Vatican that's accepting uh, false teaching, uh, the German bishops, Father James Martin, every heresy under the sun. He's okaying one after the other. It's complete heresy. It's an abandonment of the faith. And dear ones, if we know the faith, it should not cause us confusion at all. Not at all. Um, we need to respect authority as long as res- authority respects Christ and the teachings of our church. So we, our newsletter, is going to put out um, not just the Christmas story, but what exactly, as a Catholic, we not only can believe, but must believe, regardless of a pope or a bishop or a priest or a friend or anyone else. In this next newsletter, that's going to be a big one, is going to be everything that we must believe to get to heaven. Not just everything a Catholic must believe, everything that must be believed, Catholic or not. If you're not Catholic, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved and no other church God has established through which we must be saved. So um, uh, we'll be right back and I'll tell you how to get that newsletter.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. This is kind of the playbook of how the culture has been so decimated and destroyed. I think the most important thing is to just recognize how much we have been manipulated. And, you know, I've come to see anytime Christianity and Judaism are weak, the occult just fills in. It's like the jungle. You know, the weeds just come in and that's what fills the gaps. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are thrilled to be with you today. And um, I mentioned earlier in the program that I am back and I am doing terrifically well. Um, uh, if you didn't hear the beginning of the program, I gave a summary of what went on the last week and a half, one thing after another. But I'm back here and I'm just thrilled to be with you, breathing through two broken ribs. <laughs> but I can do that. A lot of people have had that. Um, and I love our Lord's challenges and I love every opportunity that we have to to love him and to honor him and to offer every suffering, slight or big, doesn't matter, everything to him. It's wonderful. What we were speaking about this first segment is that with all the confusion in the church, and it's not getting better and it won't get better because the whole uh, so-called one world um, uh, globalism, um, the world one world reset, uh, the World Economic Forum, uh, I think our Holy Father is their chaplain. Um, the whole thing is, is totally evil. And um, its only goal is to control the entire population and to destroy anything and anyone that will hinder their um, timetable to destroy the population and kill off a minimum of a third of it. That was the purpose of the COVID vaccines. And, you know, um, 
was to destroy humanity. Uh, now we have uh, whoever's taken the vaccine has um, um, some device in them that can be traced, where the human beings can be hacked, all of that. I know that some people get very upset when I say these things, and they say, would you please stop saying these things without supporting them? Um, you're, you're not wrong to say that, but I will tell you simply that I get everything I say nothing that I don't read on LifeSite News. And so LifeSite News has all the information, all the references, all the reporting. If you get LifeSite News uh, in your mailbox, it's free. They have several editions of it, worldwide, Catholic, local, all kinds of stuff. Um, You are getting an absolutely trustworthy source of news every single day. Um, In your mailbox, if you have email, um, on your iPhone, and if you listen to the Station of the Cross um, Catholic Radio on your iCatholic Radio app, um, then you will get trustworthy news also from the Station of the Cross. So if you want proof of what I'm saying, go to LifeSite News. That's it. You don't have. I can give you other sources, but that LifeSite News is enough. Um, I would also go to um, Remnant TV, uh, Michael Matt, uh, absolutely top. So um, uh, we are now, uh, I mentioned just before the break, I have something very, very beautiful to, to read to you, and it may have to wait till tomorrow because it's been so long since I've taken your calls and your emails, and I want to get to them. But... Um, I mentioned before the break that we are going to put together, we are putting together our very first newsletter since we're in Tyler, Texas. And um, uh, we are uh, going to send it out to our entire, entire, mailing, entire, easy for me to say, entire mailing list. Um, if you're not on our mailing list or you've been dropped from our mailing list because we haven't heard from you for five years or whatever it is, and you're no longer getting our newsletter, um, and you wish to, or if you're not sure you're on a mailing list, or if your address has changed within the year, um, post office tells us that 48% of the entire population changes addresses within every single year. So um, if you have not gotten our last newsletter, which was last Easter, uh, this past Easter, um, then uh, just before we move to Texas, then I would say go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org. That's it. We're Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. And the website address is motherofisraelshope.org. Just click on toward the right on newsletter and right up top there. There's a place for you to click to subscribe, and you can subscribe. And if we have you on at an old address, we get your new address, we'll change the old address to your new address. So if you haven't gotten it for a while and you wish to, we may have dropped you from our list um, because we it's, it's an expense which we are happy for. We don't charge anything. Um, and we love when people get the newsletter through the mail um, and or email. We Email is just fine. If you get it through the mail, we normally enclose some kind of holy card or CD or something, or even books sometimes. So 
we don't want you to not receive that. So you can get it a direct mail and email or one or the other. If you don't have email, direct mail is fine. If you, if you don't want direct mail, email is fine. You have a choice there. So motherofisraelshope.org. We're just writing it now. It's not off to the printer yet. So you've got, I would say, another week or two to get your name in. Um, uh, if you wish to receive it, you, you can go to our website or you can email us at mail at M-A-I-L at motherofisraelshope.org and give us your name and address and tell us if you wish to receive it, uh, mail and or email. Make sure it's your full address with your zip code and you will get it. And the reason I'm taking time on this particular email um, Again, there's no charge for it, but it's going to be a huge expense on our part because, which is worth it. It's worth it. I have no complaint in the world. I bless God that we can do this. Um, It is going to cut through every single bit of false teaching. Every single compromise is going to tell you what it is to be Catholic. Not only what we must believe, but how we must live, it's not up to us. It's up to how God has told us to live. When he formed his people Israel, a people for himself through whom he would bring the Messiah, he didn't simply tell them what to do. He didn't simply give them the law. He told them how to live the law. He gave them the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus. And then he spent the entire book, the entire month uh, before Mount Sinai, giving his law Uh, through Moses to the people. All of Leviticus was to give those Hebrew people the how-to. This is how you are to love God and your neighbor as yourself. This is how. And he gave them hundreds of laws that they must live. And they didn't live it. They failed it. They failed it to this day. Um, And the law was our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. The law couldn't save anybody. It was to lead us to the one who could save, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, who said he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Only in him and the church he established is there salvation in no one else and no one else. There was no salvation in anything else prior to Christ. And again, no salvation in the law, but the people that God chose for himself through whom he gave the law was to, uh, their mission was to live in the midst of a pagan world and be so different. They didn't go out as missionaries. They were to set up house. They were to be so different in the world that lived around them by their dress, by their food, by their customs, by their liturgy, by their government, their hierarchy, by everything they did and did not do, that they were to live in the midst of a pagan world as a mystery, truly as a peculiar people, so that the nations around them could look at them and say, what, what is going on here? Why are you so different? What's, what are you about? And they could join them, especially for the Passover. Um, and the gleaning of their fields, and they could come to know the true God, the only God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that was fulfilled, um, the knowledge of that, when the Messiah came for Israel, through Israel, for the entire world. And 
Christianity as Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the entire world where Jew and Gentile have been reconciled in the triune God of Abraham. That's Christianity. And now we've been given a law, not a law that we um, uh, need to keep on our own, but a law that we must fulfill uh, because the lawgiver through baptism is in us and has given us the grace to keep the law. In my Protestant years, it was told to us we didn't have to keep the law because Christ kept it and in him it's fulfilled. No way. We can for the first time keep the law because we have the Holy Spirit resident in us, which the Hebrew nation did not have except certain people for a certain time for a certain mission. We have the resident law given in us. So it's not that we don't have to. It's that for the first time, by the grace of God, we can keep the law and we must. Otherwise, there's no salvation for us. Absolutely none. If you have questions on that, dear ones, call us during the break with anything that's on your heart. Call or email or text and we will take your calls uh, during the entire next half hour. For now, again, I'm not going to make you do all the work. I'm doing all the work, and I'm not even doing all the work, but I'm, I'm going to resources that have the work, that have the faith, Council of Trent and, and others. Um, is the faith um, okay in the current new catechism? It's okay. It's not complete, and it's not perfect, but it's okay. Um, Vatican II was not a doctrinal council. It was a pastoral council to bring the faith current in a way that we could live it in the world. And in bringing it current, it eliminated things. Some things were um, um, not as faithful as they should have been. But the Council of Trent in the 16th century was a response to the heresy of the Reformation, Martin Luther, and it stated clearly, it was a doctrinal council to state clearly what we must believe. Doctrine cannot be changed. It is the understanding of the faith, uh, writes St. Jude, the faith once delivered to the saints. That faith is delivered by Christ, not made up by men, not made up by a council, but proclaimed as infallible by a council and to to be saved, we must believe it. And so the newsletter will have what we must believe by the Council of Trent, and no pope since that 16th century, no one, no individual, whether he be pope or not, has the power to change truth, because it is not given by man, it is given by God. There are applications that can be changed. There is the discipline of the faith that can be changed. But if the discipline or the application is not consistent with the truth, then it is false. And that's what this newsletter will give you. It will be an entire summary of the faith, not simply what we must believe, but how we must live. Not if we want to be traditional faithful Catholics, if we want to be saved if we want to be Catholic at all. If you're Protestant, you must believe this. If you're Jewish, you must believe this. If you're an atheist, you must believe this, that the God of the whole world, who you don't think exists, loves you very much and came from heaven to save you 
and established his church. We'll be right back. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. It's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 30th. Today we celebrate St. Andrew. The Gospels give us little information about today's saint. We know that he was the brother of Peter and that the two of them, both fishermen, left their nets behind to follow Jesus. We learn that from Matthew's account. In John's Gospel, we learn that before the multiplication of the loaves, it was Andrew who spoke up about the boy who had the barley loaves and fishes. Today's saint seems to have been something of a leader among the apostles. His name is regularly given prominence among them. Legend has it that Andrew preached the good news in what is now Greece and Turkey, and that he was crucified in Greece. There are some accounts of his death on an X-shaped cross, now known as St. Andrew's Cross. While we know little about the holiness of Andrew, Peter and John tend to fare best among the followers of Jesus, It is enough to know that he was an apostle. He was called personally by Jesus to proclaim the good news, to heal with Jesus' power, and to share his life and death. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am here, and I am live, and I am back, and I don't plan to go away again. Um, God bless you, dear ones. We have this entire half hour to ourselves, um, and so call in with anything on your heart. We've missed almost a week and a half, or uh, actually it'd be five days, uh, three days last week, and then we had Thanksgiving, and then two days this week. So, I, I apologize to you for being away. Um, but I'm thrilled to be back, and now call in with anything on your heart, whatsoever, whether it's our topic or yours. Um, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, not ours. And so, the toll-free number to call, or text, or email is one eight seven seven five one one. 5483 or email at mother at We have um, an email from Sarah. Sarah says, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you for your program for all you do. We tried to homeschool our kids for two and a half years, but things did not work out very well. My sister-in-law was helping. She got extremely frustrated because my kids were not responding well to homeschooling. No, Sarah, your, sis- your children were not responding well to your sister-in-law. They were not responding poorly to homeschooling. 
homeschooling is what it means, not physically staying home. It means being schooled by the children's parents, hopefully the mother. Homeschooling means being homeschooled by the children's parents, not someone else. Even though she's your sister-in-law, she doesn't have the relationship with your children that you have. I don't know if she has the depth of your faith or values, but in that sense, you might as well be turning them over to a private school. Um, Sarah writes, my older son went into a deep depression and actually gave up on school. It should have been enough to tell you that it wasn't working with your sister-in-law. That's not a failure of homeschooling. It's a failure of, on your part, to homeschool. She says, my younger son did not do very well either. I work part-time in health care. My husband and I looked into a Catholic school, but it didn't seem very Catholic. Well, I'm not sure what the Catholic school was about or why it didn't seem very Catholic, uh, nor am I sure why you have to work part-time in healthcare. So I, I can't discuss all this with you from an email, obviously. You're certainly welcome to call in if you wish. Sarah says, ultimately, my husband insisted that the kids go to public school. They've been in public school for a couple of months, and so far, everything has been okay. No, it hasn't. I don't care what you say. You're not there. You say the Catholic school didn't seem very Catholic and everything's okay in the public school. I wish you would sit in public school for an entire day and then email me back and tell me that it's okay. Sarah said, I prayed a 54-day novena to our Blessed Mother to protect them and to help me with our decision-making. My husband insists that this is what's best for them and desires for them to stay in public school. I do my very best to have everyone pray a nightly rosary. Well, your husband should be leading that, not you, dear one. I also read the Bible to them almost every day and try to talk about a saint as many days as possible. Do you have any advice for us? Thanks and God bless, Sarah. Sarah, your husband should be leading the rosary. Your husband should be leading the Bible study. And um, you need um, to be going through everything they learned in school every day at home and feeding it through the grid of the Catholic faith. That's more important than reading about a saint. The rosary is very important, but they need to understand the rosary. And it's fine if you read about a saint, but you need to learn what they read in school every day, and you need to feed it through the grid of the Catholic faith and talk to them about young saints who gave their lives for the faith. Um, Okay, um, we have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, hello, my girlfriend has a bleeding disorder which could potentially be dangerous with a pregnancy. I know that I'm supposed to wait until we're ready for kids to marry. However, in this case, could we just get married and then wait a couple of years to figure it out? I would very much appreciate it if you'd take this question, thanks. Well, um, you would need uh, to get married to not have children. Um, you could not practice any form of birth control whatsoever. Um, you would need to get, as far as I 
can think of at the moment. Um, a Josephite, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exception, a provision from the bishop. Um, there are people that marry, and for one reason or another, husband and wife uh, will not will not have the uh, cons- cons- consummate their marriage through intimacy, marital intimacy, and they can get what's called a Josephite marriage, just as Saint Joseph did not consummate his marriage with Mary through marital intimacy. So it's be- become called a Josephite marriage. I think you should look into that. It means that the two of you would be married, and under a Josephite marriage, you would remain completely pure, um, uh, completely, not just uh, separate from the sort of intimacy that would produce a child, but completely, no intimacy whatsoever. nothing that would even lead to sexual desire. So I, the only thing I could think of is looking, looking into that. Um, and, and see what the church says on it. You call a canon lawyer as well. Um, we have an email from Chris who says, Hi, Mother. I take Holy Communion to the sick in our parish. Am I doing something wrong, Chris? I don't know, Chris. Um, I'm not going to tell you you're doing something wrong because the church allows it. But I don't believe the church should allow it. And someone says, are you holier than the church? Well, no. But the church has taught that no one but the consecrated hands of a holy priest, not even a deacon, should touch the Eucharist. And so under that, you're doing something wrong. I... You know, if it was times of persecution and uh, a priest couldn't get to everyone, even once a month, I'm not even sure about that situation. When I was in, I went to Russia with Seoul, the Society of Our Lady, the Most Holy Trinity, Far East Russia, for a solid month. And they had five priests for the Primorsky region, which was about twice the size of Texas. And so people in that whole eastern part of Russia, Vladivostok and beyond, um, had communion hopefully once a month, sometimes once every two months, because no one but a priest would dare distribute the Holy Eucharist. I think that's proper, Chris. I personally would never become a so-called Eucharistic minister or minister of the Holy Eucharist. I don't believe it's what God has. But the church allows it, so I won't tell you you're wrong. I would only tell you that I don't believe it's what should happen. And I do believe the words of a holy bishop such as Athanasius Schneider, who said that no one but a priest should touch, let alone distribute, holy communion. Um, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother. Um, thank you for your show and all the work you do for us. My question is about confession. I went to confession for the first time in many, many years. God bless you. I'm so glad for that, dear one, and the angels are rejoicing. 
Um, this person says it was a very emotional experience. I burst into tears, and the priest absolved me before I had started listing my sins. Was the confession still valid? I still told him my sins and did the penance. I just wasn't sure if it was still valid since he absolved me straight away. Thank you. Um, I would say it was valid. Um, I would I would say it was valid. I think if he would, if you burst into tears and hadn't been confession, you told him that in many years, I think he heard the godly sorrow of your heart and wanted to give you the message straight away that whatever your sin was, no matter how many, no matter how grievous, you are coming to God through the priest for confession with a contrite heart. And that's what matters, not the physical listing of your sins. So I think he heard your heart and forgave you, that God forgave you through that priest for that heart. He did allow you to go on and list your sins, and so I do believe it's a valid confession, absolutely valid. But if, you're, if you have any doubt, go back to that same priest and say, Father, forgive me for this. I know you forgave me right away, and, um, and I want to trust that I'm forgiven, but because I listed all my sins after I was forgiven, forgiven and then you, you gave me absolution before, um, after you heard all my sins, um, I just want to make sure that the absolution you gave me before I listed them, um, that I could have confidence that they're forgiven. Uh, and he's going to tell you yes. If he gets angry at you, say, Father, um, you're wrong to get angry at me. I've told you I've been away many, many years, so I don't understand these things, and I want to make sure that I'm doing things God's way. Um, and I just wanted that confirmation from you. Okay. We have an email from Jane Marie who says, Good morning, dear mother. Which Catholic holy... Ba- Hold on a moment. Which Catholic Holy Bible and Missal do you recommend for traditional Catholics? I'm going to tell you whatever I recommend for traditional Catholics, I recommend for all Catholics. A traditional Catholic is simply a Catholic. Simply a Catholic. If you're Catholic and you're not traditional, you're not a Catholic. To be a traditional Catholic is to have the faith once delivered to the saints, given to us through the Church Christ established 2,000 years ago. That's what it means to be a traditional Catholic. If you don't believe that faith, you're neither traditional nor Catholic. So, and Jane Marie says, I'm new to the Latin Mass, and I cannot get enough of it. Good. I will never go back to the Novus Ordo Mass. God bless you, for I'm learning so much from you. Thank you. Love you, dear Mother Jane Marie. Blessed be God, Jane Marie. I read the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition that's a, a fairly literal translation, not the new revised. The new revised has inclusive language. Stay away from anything that says new. But it's the revised standard version, Catholic edition. There is a revised standard version, Protestant edition, which is good as far as its translation goes, but it's a Protestant Bible. Um, uh, 
which is missing over seven books of the, of scripture. So uh, taken out by Martin Luther in the 16th century. So you want the um, revised standard version Catholic edition Bible. It's published by Ignatius Press. Um, okay, we there's our break, dear ones. Um, and um, we will come up uh, to our last segment. It'll have a 10 minutes or more. And again, you're welcome uh, to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, when you call in, dear ones, call in with some kind of a question that that we can respond to because there's so many people with questions. We, we don't want to take calls just for people who want to contribute in many other ways, although I would love that, but we want to help those who are confused, who have questions, who want to be good spouses, good um, wives, good parents, good children, good witnesses to their faith. So call in with any question on your heart, toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. Sexual difference is something that ties us to all of creation, and that includes our bodies. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are people who rhapsodize about nature and they want to have everything organic while carpet bombing their bodies with oral contraceptives. But yet when it comes to God really did make us male and female, there seems to be a lot of contradictions. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, welcome back, beloved. <laughs> this is Mother Miriam live, and I am live, and I am here. Blessed be God for His grace in our lives. Um, and this is our last segment. We have about ten minutes, and again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. 
Call in with a question if you have one uh, so that we can help uh, many people who, um, as much as we can by referral or uh, giving them uh, resources for how we can live this Christian life without compromise. Um, Let's see, we have an email from... Hold on now, I lost her. Hold on. Okay, here we go. From Roberta. Roberta says, Hello, Mother. I'm wondering whether the damage being done by Hurricane Ian could possibly be part of the chastisement of our country due to the proliferation of sin. I know that God is incapable of evil, but this storm seems to be evil in its effect. Could you please comment on this prayerfully, Roberta? I cannot know that, Roberta. Um, but the book of Revelation and uh, does speak of tremendous plagues, earthquakes, um, damage done to the whole world because of the fruit of our sin as our chastisement. So whether Ian in particular was that chastisement, whether the hurricane in Hawaii and storms all over the world are part of that, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that they are. But I think what is the main fruit of our lives and God's chastisement is the evil come upon us in this day from both without and within the church. I think that we have brought this evil upon ourselves. We Catholics have put the last several presidents into office. We Catholics have allowed abortion and all the evil laws put into place. We have done that. We who call ourselves Catholics. If Catholics lived their faith, we would never have this administration or the one before it or before it in place. Stores would not be open on Sunday. We would be in the world and not of it. You cannot tell Catholics apart from the world. In, in any way, you can meet a, f- a small handful of them, of us, but you can't tell them apart to be in the world and not of it. If you go to Israel or uh, to another country and you come across an Orthodox Jewish community, you will see that it's not of the world because they're living their faith. Stores are closed on Saturday, which they believe is their Sabbath, um, and uh, they don't shop. Uh, they don't work. Um, they dress in modest clothes all the time, not just to go to synagogue. Uh, they're moral. Um, it, it, it's it, they live their faith, and you know that there are peculiar people. You know that. Pass, pass, pass the Amish. You, you know that as well, because they're in the world and not of it. We need to be that. So, Roberta, I think we've brought the evil in the world on ourselves. And you say, well, what about people that aren't Catholic? What about them? I, it's got nothing to do about them. I, I would say at the end of the Gospel of John, and when, when Peter said to our Lord, well, what about John? What about him? And Jesus said, that's none of your business. You follow me. So that's what we have to do. We need to follow Christ as Catholics to be in the world and not of it. We have a, um, an email from Lisa. Lisa writes, hello, Mother. You are so amazing. Thank you, Lisa. God is the one who is amazing and helps us to help each other. She says, I am born and raised Catholic. At 22, my father passed away and I fell away from everything and everyone. Then in 2007, a United Methodist 
in 2007, I became a United Methodist and was everything from a volunteer children's Bible study teacher to a minister. I completed my obligation, but after my first caseload, I had pancreatic pancreatic cancer scare she caseload i don't know what she maybe she became a social worker she said i became united methodist and was everything from a volunteer children's bible study teacher to a minister i completed my obligation but after my first caseload whatever that was i had a pancreatic cancer scare so i retired it returned it turned out to be a benign cyst but it left me with a lesion on my pancreas I live in California, and in 2017, I came back to my Catholic family, and I am now finally able to partake in the Holy Eucharist again. I'm so happy and grateful as well as blessed. I'm in a wheelchair at 52, almost 53. Are there any Catholic women's retreats that you know of that I could go on? I, like so many, am so bogged down with spiritual warfare. I go to Holy Rosary Church in Wooded, California, but they recently moved the church to the community center at the school, and I don't feel comfortable like I used to at the old church. Another thing, what is your take on prayer veils and head coverings for women? I feel so much closer to Jesus when I wear them in church, but I'm the only person that does it, at least here. Thank you, Mother. Um, go ahead and wear them. Don't worry about who wears them and who, who doesn't, Lisa. It's a sign of... Um, it's a sign of what is sacred. What is, women are sacred, and women have always had their heads covered. That is tradition from Judaism right through to Catholicism, which is its fulfillment. You wear your head covering, and don't worry about what people do or don't do. Um, there are there do not have to be retreats for women in wheelchairs. I've been on many women's retreats where there are women in wheelchairs. I don't know of a women's retreat that wouldn't take somebody in a wheelchair. Um, if they don't have a handicapped uh, facility, they'll make it work. They'll have a couple of men carry you up the stairs in your wheelchair. Uh, so uh, wherever there's a retreat that you want to go, just say, can you, can you accommodate me? I'm in a wheelchair, and they'll make it work. They should make it work. Um, why your church moved to the community center in the school, I don't know. But if I were you, I would do everything possible to find another church that you can get to. And if you can get to your, your church, if you can get to Holy Rosary in Wooded, California, um, perhaps there's another church, Catholic church nearby that you could go to. So find that out. Um, call the priest. Uh, see maybe there's people near you that could uh, befriend you and accommodate you and assist you. Um, call the diocese if you need to and say I, I other or go online you sent this as an email so it, it seems that you might have uh, internet, internet access go online to see what parishes are closest to your zip code and, and what you can do to get there and there are um, as you know as you probably know handicapped um, um, transportation services in different dioceses 
uh, many of them run by volunteers that can take you to and from church if you need to do that. So don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Uh, you want to be with our Lord, and He wants you at church. He wants you at church, so He will work out a way. You wear your veil, go to church, and and look for uh, another parish uh, as soon as you can. Okay. Uh, don't miss going to Mass on Sunday until you find one, but find one as soon as you can, no matter what it is, no matter what you need to do to get there. Again, call your diocese, look up parishes closest to your zip code. There's the end of our program this morning, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. Um, the rest of the week, we'll be here. Um, God willing, we have, let's see, today's Wednesday. We have two more days. Oh, dear. I'm going to read you a very beautiful story tomorrow that will help you live this Advent as a true, real Catholic preparing for Christmas. And again, if you wish our newsletter, which we hope to get to you in times of Christmas, we can't guarantee it, but it will get to you at least during Christmas tide. Um, then just go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, um, and sign up for our newsletter or email us at mail at motherofisraelshope.org. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing. God bless you.